Hello, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. We are here with Jessica Hilton Lecky, a food blogger based in Jamaica, whose work I've been following for some time now and absolutely love. I use her recipes often. I'm crazy about them. Thank you for being here, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Nico. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. So your site, for people that want to look it up right away, is Jessica in the Kitchen. Yeah. Um, you have Facebook, Instagram, of course. And I just want to say thank you for all you do, <laughs> because I learned about cauliflower wings from you. I'm learning so much through um, your work. So it's it's exciting to be able. And we've been, we've been planning to chat for a while now. So this yeah. is mo- momentous. <laughs> yeah, I thank you. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm happy. I love cauliflower wings. So I'm glad that you got to learn about it from me. <laughs> you have a lot of cauliflower uh, recipes. But so I will yeah. let's get into that. <laughs> let's get into that later. First I want to start off with um, your location. I always like to talk about where people are. And of course, we're doing this podcast now in this bizarre um, chapter of time with lockdowns all around the planet. So you're in Jamaica. Yeah. Correct. And so just briefly, um, how are things going there? And um, what's what's going on with you? I mean, how has, for example, the pandemic affected your food work? Is there have you been creating more, or you know, um, sort of taking it easy? Has there been an uptick in engagement with your recipes? Yeah, so um, I'm hopeful that the situation here will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they did try, you know closing off our borders and everything after we, our first couple of cases were imported um, from the UK actually, and um, then the US. So I know, I think after that, they realized we should close the borders. Um, So it's been about, I'd say like two months, almost two months exactly actually, because my birthday was two months ago, like on March 15th. And you know what, two months in isolation um, and like, just like you said, quarantine. But yeah, really hopefully it's going to um, end soon. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would definitely say it's affected the like the work I'm doing. At first, it was kind of scary for all food bloggers because I think everyone was so dialed into the news that we lost like almost half our traffic. You know, everyone. In, but like only like for the first maybe three, four days. Um, and then like in terms of ad income, advertisers all kind of just cut their budget. So mm-hmm. it's getting better now but it's understandable you know you don't necessarily want your ad running alongside um, a pandemic announcement so I would say those first few days were scary all around (laughs) but um, since then I think when all the lockdown notices kind of you know happened we saw an uptick definitely in not only engagement but in new you know readers a lot of people who are trying to cook from home for some of them, you know, the first time in their lives. And for a lot of people, you know, maybe they're used to like going on the road and buying food because of, you know, working outside of the home and they're all learning how to cook now. So I do know like for content, it it was actually very eye opening because we do like to do, I'm going to say we, I mean, my husband and I, we do like to do easy vegan recipes, but it has made me realize, um, 
a lot of people don't have certain ingredients, you know, unless you are vegan already. So we've definitely been rewriting our content to be as accessible as possible. And I thought we were doing that before, but this really opened my eyes mm-hmm. to just how accessible we could have been. And um, it's been really interesting. I used to bake a lot, and I've been doing a lot of baking recipes, <laughs> a lot more desserts than I ever have, and, you know, just a lot more easy pantry, like, ingredients, easy pantry recipes. So it's definitely been a spin on the content for sure. Well, that's amazing. That's actually super interesting to hear, too, that it, it has opened your eyes to how the recipe, because I also thought your recipes were already pretty accessible. <laughs> um, yeah. But I am a vegan, and I'm aware that when I first became vegan, it, it was a real shift, too, in, in, in shopping for ingredients, et cetera. But that's, um, I think that speaks to the level of your also um, thoughtfulness that um, this chapter also helps, has um, encouraged you to be aware that, that some of uh, the content could be even more accessible. That's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's wonderful. Um, so I want to go, well, I kind of want to go back to the beginning. I'm very curious when you started getting involved with all of this and create, uh, working with food and, and creating media. Um, yeah, so it's actually pretty interesting. Um, I, when I was about like 18, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try and make it as, um, you know, summarized as possible. <laughs> started a at-home baking company named Jessica Bake. So Jessica was like my high school na- nickname. And um, I, I kind of just like started baking one day and fell in love with it after I, I, I started making like cupcakes in the middle of the night one night and they were horrible. <laughs> and it's the first thing I'd ever tried from scratch, you know, not a box mix, not a recipe, nothing, just cupcakes from scratch. And I feel like that for some reason just really ignited something in me to be like, I want to learn this, you know, and um, baking is in my family. Like my um, grand aunt, she does like wedding cakes and my grandmother used to do catering as well. My mom always cooked around Christmas time. So I feel like I kind of had that in my blood, I guess. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I definitely got into that through that at-home baking. Then I started a blog at the same time and while doing that, I was also doing undergrad law. So I was doing a lot at once. Wow. Yeah. And when I started doing law school after undergrad was finished, I realized I can't do the baking business, the blog, and um, law school at the same time. So I stopped the baking business and I kept blogging, you know, as a hobby um, while I was in law school. And I really fell in love with it. And from there, I ended up rebranding from Jessica Bakes to Jessica in Kitchen. So it's still the same site. It's just a different name um at that time and then that kind of got me a whole lot more into the cooking side you know really falling in love with the blogging side of it and everything and yeah that's basically the start um cupcakes in the middle of the night (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and your cupcake recipes are your cupcakes now are probably way 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 much better (laughs) much better (laughs) yeah i On a personal note, I tend to go for savory stuff, so I haven't tried a, a lot of your um, sweets recipes, but I'm sure my husband would love it if I did. Um, and I think I just shared your vegan chocolate cake recipe as a reminder to myself also to try that. That was delicious. But you have so many amazing recipes, so there's a lot to um, enjoy at your site. Um, so was it plant-based and vegan from the beginning, or was there like a shifting point? 
So it wasn't. Um, I went vegetarian um, in 2014. And it's interesting because I always tell a story of how it happened. It was kind of cold turkey. Um, but if you look on my site, and I never realized how much the site like was reflecting my mindset at the time. I want to say like maybe like even up to like the beginning of that year, it was in May 2014. And up to like January, I was making a lot more vegetarian recipes than I'd realized, you know, and it was never a very meat heavy site anyway. But, um, you know, I'd like, interspice it every now and then. And like all of a sudden I was making like um, quinoa breakfast um, bowl and um, <laughs> burgers. And I didn't even realize I was doing this, you know. So I felt like when I made that decision to just like, no, I don't want to eat meat anymore. Um, and it's funny, like I was going to make a dish and it's kind of a crazy story. But it's literally like an invisible wall in front of me. It was just like, no, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And like my body was just like, no more. I was like, wow, okay, that's okay. I guess we're not eating meat anymore. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think the months before that of just trying more vegetarian recipes had made it easier. And then I went vegan I want to say about two years ago. Um, but with that as well, if you look on the site, I've been doing vegan recipes for years. You know, mm-hmm. it's always something I've been interested in. I just didn't know that I would make that full shift over because I think at the time, you know, it seemed very intimidating. It seemed like I don't know where I'm going to get any food from, especially in a country that it it wasn't like a very popular thing, even though we have like Rastafarianism. Mm-hmm. Um it felt like, okay, what am I going to do right now? But clearly my body was like, no, we're ready. And um, my husband actually, this was like about two years ago, he, he's, he had always eaten meat. And he said to me he wanted to go vegetarian for a month. And I was so shocked. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was very excited, of course, because I think he had been eating like the vegetarian food I was cooking for years, you know? So it wasn't as if he had never had a vegetarian meal before. And after he did the vegetarian month, um, we had never really watched any of the documentaries and we watched What the Hell's Together. And he said, okay, I'm gonna go vegan. And I'm just in total shock. Cause I'm like, it took me years to go vegan. And here yeah. you are, vegetarian for one month vegan. Right. <laughs> but it definitely helped me. So we basically ended up going vegan around the same time. So that was the shift. And so like the content, you can kind of see it shifting over. So of course, no, it's like all vegan content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those that's a funny story. <laughs> those, docu- those documentaries are powerful. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that's funny, um, but also exciting. It's nice to have that support in the house too. It's very exciting with uh, with your husband. My husband eats meat, but he's he's been eating my cooking for years now as well and also um veganizing a lot of dishes and it's exciting to see i send him recipes from your site too because i know he's curious often how to <laughs> veganize or yeah a vegan chocolate cake cake recipe he'll be like oh i can't wait to make this because it's also about you know being able to share it with with yeah. the household so um but so also you so you've been cooking for a while but how did all the meat because you create I mean, I know that's inherent in producing a good food blog is creating good media to go along with it. But so how did that all come about? But you also did, um, you know, you do such beautiful photography also. Um, how, so how did it all sort of come about that you were doing recipe creation and, and all the media to go along with it? Um, so I have 
like in terms of the photography, I was always interested in it. And I remember when I was doing Jessica Bakes and I, my dad had um, like a, one of those fancy DSLR cameras. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if I could borrow it. And I remember I took these, a photo of these carrot cake pancakes. And I was just mind blown at how much better it looked. Of course, you know, I hadn't, I didn't know much about like setup and everything. But I was like, I really want to buy my first camera. So I got like, you know, a DSLR camera. Um, and I did a whole post about it because I was so excited. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just years of just like practicing. Um, I bought like a couple of food photography books, um, you know, did a couple like online courses and just practice. I feel like the biggest thing was just practice to the point where I just fell in love with it. Um, and in terms of like the videography, I've always been interested in that. Um, in high school, <laughs> we used to make like, you know, funny skits and all of that with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I got into like Windows Movie Maker at the time. So I guess by the time it came around to making videos and we had done like YouTube for a while, I still have some old YouTube videos that are up and kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> um, so I feel like I just, that was just interest, you know? So now when it's almost like quote unquote mandatory to have videos, it was a lot easier to do, you know, and it's still mm-hmm. a long process, especially the videos. But um, it's something that I just came into naturally, basically. And I think that was a lot easier for me to transition into like kind of needing to do it for recipes. But yeah, I just say just years, you know, of learning and practicing and kind of just having a natural curiosity for it, basically. Right. Yeah. The natural curiosity and the genuine commitment. It really, I mean, it really, um, it really shows through in the work you, in the work you do. And as you said, it's kind of mandatory in food blogging space now. But I'm always curious to hear because, I'm I'm aware of how how much time I don't even do video. How much time you know? Oh, yeah. I think many people aren't aware how much how time consuming it is to create posts. But you're also, of course, food people know how time consuming the recipe alone is and yeah. the cooking. But then to create the media to go with it and then all the posts, it's it's really it's time consuming. So. Uh, but also a labor of love, I'm aware. Um, but it's definitely interesting to hear. I love hearing about the logistics behind, you know, the creation of the site and everything. So, um, but now let's get in the nitty gritty of food stuff. Uh, I would love to hear, I know you cook with many different ingredients, of course, but I would love to hear what some of your favorite ones are, or even even if you have like a funny relationship to some ingredients. Yeah. Um. Okay, I feel like number one favorite ingredient is garlic. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love garlic in, like, everything um, to the point where sometimes I'm like, okay, just you cannot <laughs> tell people to put seven cloves of garlic. Cut it down. Cut it down. <laughs> I will use that recipe. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely feel like I really do also enjoy, like, a lot of Asian ingredients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I feel like in Jamaica, we use, of course, a lot of Jamaican ingredients, but we use a lot of Asian ingredients as well. So they kind of meld together a lot. They say that Jamaican Chinese food is unlike any other Chinese food. Like it, you're not going to find it anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. so a lot of people say they come here, they try it. They're like, wait, this does not taste like Chinese food where I'm from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like those naturally end up becoming ingredients I really love. Um, in terms of like funny relationship, I would say like cucumbers. I didn't realize how, I, I used to hate cucumbers, like to just, ugh, no. Yeah, yeah. 
I think one day I tried them in like a, I was making like a Mediterranean salad. I was like, I can't do this without cucumbers, you know? Um, how am I going to get myself to love them? And I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me to just season them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something I always say with the vegan food, season it. But it never occurred to me like cucumbers, you know? And I think one of the things I've learned is that ingredients are, especially in vegan cooking, a lot more complex than we realize, you know, whether it's something as simple as like massaging your kale in the right way that will, you know, completely transform how it tastes in your dish. Um, So I've definitely had a very different relationship with ingredients since going vegan and just realizing just how much they can do, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something I feel like I... I experienced just as a home cook in the creativity of plant-based cooking and vegan cookie is insane. It's off the charts and it's like you never even think about it until then you start um, trying. I I, I tell the story of the first food photography job I had. It was at a a raw vegan gourmet restaurant in Hawaii. And yeah, I'm friends with the woman who owned it and who was the chef. And I even tell the story that I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, vegan and raw. Like, this is just too much. And then I went in. I was just, like, blown away by yeah. the um, by the cuisine and the, yeah. the flavors and the freshness. And um, do you do you use a lot of local ingredients? Like, does Jamaica have a lot of uh, local ingredients that you're able to use? Or is it how is the agricultural scene there? Yeah, so we do have a lot of local ingredients. I don't use a lot of them in my recipes, mainly because my audience is, like, um, not very Jamaican. So right. I have, like, Jamaican readers, but I would majority of my audience is U.S.-based, so I still want it to be, like, accessible to them. Right. But, like, um, we do have a pretty big agricultural scene, whether it's, like, bananas, pumpkins, a lot of ground provision, a lot of fruits, like a lot of fruits mm-hmm. um, as well. Pineapple, avocados. Um, we have our own like apples here that aren't like American apples. They're called like Otaiti apples. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we cook a lot with them. Aki and saltfish. Aki is like a, um, a part of our national dish and it's actually a fruit. And I kind of describe it to people, it's, it doesn't taste like avocado, but it's kind of like how avocado is a fruit, you know, mm-hmm. where you kind of can use it as savory as you want, basically. And um, it's very diverse. So like I can saltfish, I do like a vegan saltfish, which is on the site, actually. Um, so I do use it and I love like our food scene here. I mm-hmm. love that. You will be driving past, oh my gosh, mangoes. I can't believe I didn't mention mangoes. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> You'll be driving past and they're just mangoes dropping off of trees or people like leave baskets out at the front of their house. Like, please take them. I, I cannot eat all of these mangoes. Yeah. Um, and like my parents have a couple mango trees. They have a couple coconut trees. Um, I think they have a couple apple trees as well in their backyard. I know my mom bought like a lime tree a long time ago. I think it's finally bearing um so yeah lots of fruit lots of veggies mm. um, yeah i i don't remember the original question i think i just kind of yeah, okay. well i have a very weird question and this i hope this doesn't gross out listeners or gross you out but you mentioned mangoes a lot and then with the love of garlic it's a very weird combination but now i'm curious can is there any way to put mangoes and garlic together um you know i don't think it's gross. I so there's this thing that we have called curried mango. It's not Jamaican. I think it's like Trinidadian, but we do eat it here. Mm-hmm. And I've tried it. It actually tastes really good. Like it's mm. I, 
I'm assuming, you know, there's some garlic in the curry. So I don't think it would just be like garlic and um, mango, but, you know, like some parts of it. And it actually tastes really good. Like I had it at a bridal show once and I was like, oh, this is shockingly good. So mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> there's For a comment. curried mango. Okay. Yeah, that would, I guess so. Because a lot of fruit can be curried or made into yeah. like a chutney or something. And then the garlic can go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's all there's probably also a very rich farm is there a rich farmers market theme there too? Yeah. So we have um something at least in Kingston called and I don't want to speak for other parishes because I I know a lot about other parishes of course, but um I know they have like their own farmers market scenes. But in Kingston we have something called Coronation Market and it's like our biggest farmers market scene. Um and it's like every Saturday morning, very early. It starts at like, I think, 6 a.m. And um, everyone goes there. Um, then you also have like vendors who will buy from there and come like to different parts that maybe near to your host that you can buy from them instead. Mm-hmm. Um, of a couple other farmer's markets. So there's like an organic farmer's market that we have not that far from my house, actually. Mm-hmm. And farmers that live in different parishes that come to Kingston. So they have a lot uh, more control over their weather, like in St. Anne, as an example. They're a lot close, they're a lot higher up on the hill. So they have cooler climates. They can grow things that wouldn't necessarily grow in Kingston, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot more variety. And it's pretty interesting. I used to go to the farmer's market like every other weekend, like routine for years. And mm-hmm. I get everything you know from um like i said bananas plantains breadfruit tomatoes kale lime passion fruit lots of variety so yeah very big thriving food market like food is a big part of jamaica mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's going on with the markets right now oh man so they are unfortunately getting a hit with all of this but the government has been trying um, to implement different, like, and not just the government, but also a couple, like, private businesses have been trying to implement a couple, like, programs that are helping out farmers. So, for example, um, there's this company called, like, Say Yes to Fresh JA that is, you know, please, you know, buy the products. Because what's happening is that a lot of them are just sitting in piles and spoiling, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, the government was giving out, like, a very, very subsidized box of like pounds and pounds of ground provisions and vegetables and fruits for like a very low price. And just like, please come for it, get a box, all of that. So there's been a really big message. I'm actually glad he asked that. There's been a really big message to like support local, buy from farmers, like as much as you can, you know? So everybody's really been trying to do that. Do they have the, uh, the like, Farmers that do box delivery of veggies and stuff like that. There, I think community. Okay. They have that. Um, not that I know of. <laughs> maybe. Oh yeah. I'm, maybe no, I'm, I'm actually very wrong. Yeah, you can. I don't think it's as routine as CSA. Like, uh, you know, every five weeks we get this, but you can't. There are a lot of um these companies that you can go on, place an order like online, and they'll say like every Tuesday we'll drop off a box for you with veggies so yeah they definitely do have that here okay yeah great interesting you make me so i know now is no time for travel i can't even go anywhere (laughs) anyway but you make me so interested like to show up at a market the marketing kingston at 6 a.m in the morning (laughs) that sounds like so much fun um do you make ginger juice there yeah um i have not (laughs) no no 
we do use ginger a lot here, mm-hmm. like yeah. everything. Right. I'm just thinking, grab a ginger juice or espresso and go walk yeah. in the market. <laughs> Meet up with you, take some pictures, explore the produce. It sounds sounds really nice. Um, carrot juice as well here, like a lot of carrot juice. Carrot juice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Carrot, carrot and ginger go well together too as juice, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, whenever we can travel again, you're always welcome to come, and I will be your guide. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Um, so uh, about your site, well, I had another question. If there were any ingredients over time that surprised you, I think cucumber, definitely, what you were talking about. But um, is there anything else, like maybe even the weird ingredients or like just any ingredients that you, you maybe even learned about after really getting immersed in vegan cooking that were kind of interesting or that people maybe write you about on your site um i feel like if i had to like this is just coming to me um i guess i always loved watermelon but my husband has never loved it and Mm -hmm. then he tried to make a like a poke bowl with it i never thought about using like watermelon as like a tuna like a ahi tuna replacement Mm -hmm. it works perfectly like it's insane like and we keep saying we need to put that recipe on the side because he made it like a couple times and we just like sat over the bowl like we didn't even reach a dining room table we just like sat over just ate it um so i feel like i've definitely been like my eyes have been open to like how many ways you can use one ingredient you know what i mean because i would never think like it it's kind of insane it does not taste like watermelon at all and you're sitting there with like the brine and everything, and you're like, I this is insane. I'm eating a poke bowl right now, you know. Okay, you have to <laughs> give me a sneak. I don't, I'm not asking you to provide the recipe on this talk, but how, like, exact, like, just a sneak peek of the like, because how does that? I remember oh. ahi tuna. I ate a lot of poke, poke in my life, um, so I'm very curious. How how does that? How do you reach the texture and all that? Yeah, so like you get as. I would say like a nice firm um, watermelon. The texture doesn't really matter, but it would just hold up better. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, ripe and everything. You slice it up like you would. And then the marinade is kind of like a, you know, soy sauce, like a typical um, fish marinade, I guess. If you have nori, that would be great, you know, or like something to add in to give it like that kind of fishy flavor. And then you put your like cubed watermelon in the marinade and you just leave it. You just leave it for like overnight. It's like they like you put it around like 2 p.m. Um, you don't want to come back until the next day, basically. So almost like 24 hours in the marinade, and it, it just completely transforms it. I think it's just like the the um like the cellular levels of like the watermelon and the soy sauce and the break breaking it down kind of, and it just yeah it penetrates it with flavor and it doesn't retain that kind of spongy kind of watermelon um texture at all it's very soft but you know not to like sound weird but like in a fish way you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You no know, you know what's so interesting is that so many of us who don't eat for example fish anymore but we still kind of crave that and this is something yeah. i love to talk about because sometimes people are like well if you're vegan like why do you want it to taste like fish well <laughs> i grew up loving fish i love the taste of fish yeah. i still i still do i don't eat it but i still love so when you talk about um a process to, to sort of where watermelon can taste like ahi tuna i'm like all ears because yeah. you know, i'm like well that would be amazing um, 
very interesting to me as well because I think a lot of people, um, I think it's just a, a kind of breakdown between, okay, why go vegan? And, and like you said, this is what, just like other people, grew up eating my whole life, you know? Um, of course, I've gotten used to like whether those flavors, that texture or anything. I just don't want to eat the actual animals anymore, you right. know? Right. But, yeah, and it has really revealed to me that flavor is kind of the big reason why we all ate meat anyway, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting um, whenever I get asked that as well. And people are like, ah, oh, okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's super interesting. And I can, I can understand why people don't understand. But, so, for example, wings. I've, I've used a few different wings. I think you have a few different wings recipes on your site, right? The cauliflower yeah. wings. Yeah. I've used a few, and I love them. And yes. <laughs> so, for example, you know, my husband's into football. We live in Sweden now, but if we were in the U.S., so if we had football parties, I would probably... I would enlist some help or maybe go crazy and try to do it all myself, but I would probably enlist some help and try to make all your wings recipes and have like a sampler because I think it's so much fun to turn people on because people are genuinely surprised. I'm sure you, you, you have this on a regular basis, how surprised people are about how, how tasty, like for example, cauliflower wings can be, right? Yeah. One of my best friends was here one night this years ago. Um, and I know she said that we introduced her to a lot of vegan recipes that she just had no idea existed. And she tried the cauliflower wings. And to this day, she still talks about She's like, no, Jessica makes vegan chicken. Okay, you need to try it. Yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed. She's like, I, my mind is blown. How does this taste? Like chicken wings. She, she, and she like eats a lot of meat, you know. So people are always surprised um, at, wow, it really was just, you know, like, texture process and and seasoning that that created this yep yeah it's really interesting my husband also like loves your wings i mean when i make them he's like i didn't even tell him he just came home and i had the cauliflower wings and he was like wow these are really good i was like i gotta make these regularly and thankfully you have how many different versions do you have or is it the bites or wings you have several wings versions I right I'm trying to do them all. That's like my life goal. <laughs> but I think I have like 10 different versions now of just like, um, whether it's like um, General Soul, like Sticky Sesame, Lemon Pepper I did this year, which may be my favorite one. I'm not sure. I, I can't mm-hmm. decide which one. I know we wanted like a sweet and sour one as well because we finally got the sweet and sour sauce. We have like an orange chicken one. Um, we have like a cheesy buffalo a regular buffalo one um like a uh, it just keeps going <laughs> it's a lot uh, ses- you have a sesame right yeah 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 well. yeah yeah oh my god it's massive it's massive and so yeah for like a huge party like i mean that's what your readers can do like be like i'm gonna make all like if you made a sampler oh my god it's yeah. just incredible I, it's I know someone made one for a super bowl um earlier this year they made yeah. like sample plateau and i was like oh my gosh she made all of them this is amazing oh my gosh (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's that must be really that must be a really beautiful feeling when you also see people getting so deep that's really nice Um, sorry (laughs) no i was saying like i always like i don't think people realize because i say it but like the 
seeing like you're able to help somebody or like someone is making your recipes is always like the best part for me. Like it blows my mind, you know, oh my gosh, I made this in my kitchen and people are making it all over the world. Like mm-hmm. I never thought that would be possible, you know, that I'd be able to help so many people. Um, whether it is just trying new things, it's they're like already vegan or it's like, I want to go vegan or I can't eat this or something like that and saying because of you, you know, this is the first Super Bowl I was able to have this flavor or something like that. You know, it's definitely like mind blowing every single time. Yeah. And I, as I mentioned um, before we started recording, I think I said, I don't know if you consider yourself a kitchen activist and I don't want to label you that if that's not really how you feel in your own identity. I but <laughs> part of this, I love that label. <laughs> did you do okay, a kitchen yeah. activism. I mean, there, there, as we know, there are so many reasons these days why people are coming to vegan and plant-based uh, recipes often maybe it's uh, yeah it's because of animal issues or it's health issues they had a you know heart heart surgery and and the doctor told them to eat more plant-based or you know their daughter and and son-in-law or their grandkids went vegan and they want to be able to help they're just so there's like multitudes of reasons why people look for these recipes and when you provide accessible delicious recipes you know it's just like such an ultimate service i think because food is so central in all of our lives yeah Um, yeah. so i i see what you're doing and i mean of course i think so many people do but i i just i just love having this opportunity to talk with you because i myself personally just love um your cooking so much and it's it really is for anybody listening to just my encouragement is just endless about checking out your recipe because they really are so accessible, which is also really important. Um, I think for people who are a little bit nervous too about trying vegan cooking, that accessibility is is just massive. So, um, what are do you have certain sites that are, I mean, certain recipes that are the most visited or requested? Yeah, I think. Um, people ask for a lot of dinners. I think it's kind of like a lot of people's breakfast, they can like, oh, I'll just cut this out, you know? So everyone has a lot of breakfast recipes, even though that is another highly requested area. I feel like lunches, it's very easy to have like, you know, a cold vegan lunch, like a salad or something, but dinners are like the most requested vegan mm-hmm. dinners, for sure. Um, I always tell people go to a chickpea curry. That is a lot of people say they find the site through that recipe. And I think it's because it's a very easy curry recipe. It's kind of just like a, it's a one pot recipe. So you just add everything in. Um, you cook everything like at different times. And then you just, so it's like it starts off with you're cooking like the onions and the tomatoes first. And then you're putting in like the seasonings and then the chickpeas. But it all just goes into one pot. And um, that's like our number one recipe. You know, that's, uh, well, it's not our number one recipe anymore. But it's a very, it's like a top recipe. A lot of people say, thank you. I didn't realize this was so easy. It's budget friendly. Um, I think during like this whole pandemic time, it's been very helpful for a lot of people. Mm. Like we, we stock up on like diced tomatoes all the time in cans. And we made it the other day without any onions. And we we're like, oh, this still tastes amazing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a very accessible, very affordable um, recipe. That's like the one I always tell people start there, basically. Maybe we, maybe we, I'll share a link to that one too with this Thank post. You. Yeah, <laughs> very accessible and affordable. That's important to the accessible and affordable. Yeah. I, I love like fine vegan cooking and learning about it, but I also, those basic meals are, I love chickpeas, but you know, something yeah. that, 
yeah, you can whip you, you know, you, you're home, you just got home and it's like really busy. You, you don't have much time to focus on dinner prep. So the, um, the quick meals, um, are really great. And yeah, I love, I love chickpeas. Me too. <laughs> I have a post about, um, all the things to do with that kind of chickpeas. Oh. I, that chickpeas, cauliflower, and like coconut milk are like the um, ingredients, apart from garlic, <laughs> that we use the most in our recipes for sure. <laughs> the holy trinity, coconut milk, yeah, coconut milk, uh, chick. What was it? Coconut milk, chickpeas, and cauliflower. Cauliflower, yeah, <laughs> yummy. I could use those. Yeah, I could use those regularly every week. Yeah. Um. Um, so I had one more question and I think we, I feel like we've touched on this a lot. Um, of course there's nothing really new about like plant-based eating. People have been doing it. It's not something like totally fresh and new, but the the explosion of interest is as we both know, um, I'm not aware. I don't see it in any history books when there's been such a sizable shift of interest in this type of eating. So how how do you feel how, can you have you been able to recognize that shift in in your work like since you started the blog and in your engagement i mean you've definitely already touched on this a bit um but are you are you feeling kind of are you feeling it also yeah um yeah i would say 100% um actually i think last year like late last year um or like early this year i wrote an article about it. it's like the kind of like vegan renaissance basically mm, okay. and um we've seen a shift here as well in jamaica where a lot more i mean it's it, it's kind of like the six months pass and there are just vegan restaurants everywhere so <laughs> like a lot more vegan restaurants here a lot more like accessibility um and yeah i I could be coming in like through customs and the customs officer is like, Oh, you know, I'm trying to go vegan. What are your tips? So it's like <laughs> a lot of people are so much more interested. And I think it's a lot of people are becoming a lot more health focused, you know. Um, I know our government has been trying to also push a message of, you know, eating healthier, cutting back on sugar, all of these things, because diabetes is a very like um unfortunately um illness in Jamaica. And I think a lot of people are like, okay, if I don't have it, I don't want it. Or if I do have it, you know, how do I like, make myself healthier? So I think hair, it's been a health thing, which mm -hmm. I'm like really excited about because it has, of course, you know, when I go, it's a lot easier to order now. I can kind of go anywhere and get a vegan dish, which is mm -hmm. leagues ahead of where it was years ago. But also I think a lot more people are trying to work with, you know, health ingredients or just vegan ingredients in general. Um, but yeah, I think it's incredible. I think only good can come from it, you know. Um, I've seen like we're in like the US, like if we go to LA, my friend has a food truck um, called Lettuce Feast, like lettuce. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I love that name. Um, but she creates like unbelievable like vegan sandwiches, um, like quote unquote vegan chicken tenders, all of these things that you look at, you're like, this is insane. And it tastes so good. So I think all around the world, like you're saying, you're really seeing a lot more people interested. It's made an impact on the site. We're trying to do a lot more basics, you know? So like you're talking about a chocolate cake, like I can't believe I didn't have a vegan chocolate cake recipe, you know? That's something a lot of people want to make for parties or something. Um, we're just trying to do a lot more things that people are like, okay, I'm interested in this. What can I do? Like I said, a chickpea curry. So it's been very interesting. Um, I'm just talking to people about it. A lot more people message me now and they're like curious about it. And 
we actually have a ebook about it um called it's that easy and it's basically about transitioning into a meatless lifestyle from years ago so it's very timely now <laughs> that yeah. the people are really interested in it so yeah it's definitely been a i've enjoyed the shift for sure and i've seen the benefits of it like overall not just to us but like like you said people worldwide right well, I, uh, to you in Kingston, I'm wishing you very well and looking forward to hearing about how Jamaica emerges from the also and so excited to continue using your recipes. Um, and when I post this, uh, I, I will also post a link to the ebook. That'll be really great to um, right. post a link for that as well. Yeah. So thank I've you. Of course, I've really enjoyed this, Aniko. Thank you. Wishing you well in Sweden. And like you said, um, I hope that, you know, you're able to, like, overcome this completely very yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, to you and to anybody listening, happy cooking. And thank you so much for the recipes you create for the world. Thank you so much, Aniko. Okay. All, right. All right. We'll be in touch. Thank yes. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.